At Your Valuable Home, we're happy to announce that our audience grew substantially in the first half of 2023. Many of our new listeners, as well as some of our loyal listeners, may not have heard some listener favorites from 2022, so we're going to re-release four 2022 listener favorites on four consecutive Fridays. All four of these podcasts have our well-known home improvement replays and home improvement horror stories. In the feature of our podcast, we interview Jessica Laus from the National Association of Realtors about which home improvements bring the best return on investment. Take a listen. Something that I found was so interesting when we looked at this during COVID is that I think people had a little extra money to spend and we're all stuck at home, right? So we're not spending it on sporting events or going to the movies or anything like that. So tackling home projects went really high on a lot of people's lists. And something that we found from NARI members is that a lot of people said, I actually want to do a bigger scale project because I have the money to right now. Or they turned to a different room in their house and said, well, I just tackled the kitchen. What about the bathroom? And let me take that on. We found that 60% of NARI members were saying that people turned to a new room and said, you know what? I want to take this one on too. So I think that's really pretty interesting is that consumers were ready to do it and ready to take on that second project. And then on Friday, July 21, Scott Abernathy, good friend of Your Valuable Home, past president of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, and he has his own property management firm called PMI Professionals in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He comes and talks about the state of the market for residential properties. Vital information for anyone who has or is considering acquiring residential rental property. We're seeing some things settle down a little bit. Uh, the interest rates hikes that happened earlier this year, you know, where the Fed bumped up you know, interest rates about 75 basis points, but our long-term rates for like mortgages and stuff went up two and a half percent just overnight. That had a big impact on the real estate industry in general, slowing a lot of things down, everything from new construction to uh, resales. But some of it needed to be slowed down. As far as rentals go, though, they are still on fire. A lot of these people that were unable to qualify now because of that two and a half percent bump up in interest rates are now renting houses or continuing to rent. So therefore, the occupancy levels are super high and rents have really gone up. They've gone up a lot. And this is across the board, across the nation, but especially in the hot markets. Then on Friday, August 4th, comes a highly listened to podcast featuring Mark Ferber from the Bucks County DA's office in PA. Mark tips us off on contractor scams you need to be aware of. Well, you know, it's gotten much better. I mean, we try to educate folks out there, but certainly seniors are targeted quite a bit for a couple of reasons. They're home and the technology is new. So yes, yeah, certainly seniors have been targeted and the apprehensiveness with technology, which I have too, I understand, makes it scary for folks. And that's why scams like the computer repair scam works so well with seniors because of our lack of ability to kind of navigate through that stuff so they do take advantage and in the last of our four 2022 re-releases on august 11 dr stephen phillips a renowned authority on lyme disease has critical information for any listener who loves spending time outdoors the data for chronic lyme is so powerful at this point that it's almost ridiculous when doctors claim that there's no such thing as chronic lyme you know i would counter it and say that they're claiming that there's no such thing as chronic lyme despite overwhelming evidence rather than i'm claiming that there is chronic lyme i'm not claiming anything it's it's really based on the literature. The medical literature is solid. It's not subject to dispute, but yet it is disputed. And the fact that this controversy keeps going on when, like I said, we find it from all these animal studies, we find it alive from humans, we can't kill it in the test tube. The maraschino cherry on top of everything was when the NIH did a study 
where they took these ticks that grew up in the laboratory not to have Lyme. So they're completely pathogen-free ticks. They put them on people with, they call it post-Lyme syndrome, where people still have chronic symptoms of Lyme. But they put these ticks on these people with, quote, post-Lyme syndrome, and the ticks got infected from people's blood. So the ticks are better at isolating Lyme bacteria than we are because we've been doing it for millions of years and we've only been doing it since 1981 called xenodiagnosis. So putting a clean tick on a person with persistent symptoms of Lyme where they couldn't isolate the bacteria from these people, well sure enough the ticks can do it. And coming up in August through September, you want to hear the series we're planning for you right now. How will power America going forward? One or more of the energy sources we'll be talking about with the experts will most likely impact you, possibly your entire community. This is Kevin. And this is Ron. And this episode of Your Valuable Home is brought to you by Provia. Provia, a faith-based company that makes entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone and metal roofing, all of incomparable quality. Welcome to Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast for listeners who believe that residential real estate is the way to build wealth. Hi, I'm Kevin Kennedy, a working contractor and host of Your Valuable Home. Your Valuable Home is for homeowners and investors alike who want to acquire and improve real estate based upon educated decisions. And I'm Ron Milk, Your Valuable Home producer and co-host. Our weekly one-hour podcast is not about doing it yourself. It's about hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. And it's not about flipping. It's about buying and holding to build wealth. Homeowners and investors strive to create wealth and financial freedom with real estate and avoid costly home improvement mistakes. Your valuable home is for you. The Project Replay made redoing our kitchen and bath trouble-free. Your horror stories have kept us from hiring the wrong contractors. The college segments have taught us how to keep toxins out of our home, what to look for in replacement windows, how to borrow sensibly against home equity, and more. College teaches investors like me how to freshen up my rentals without spending a fortune. Their suggestions are great for ROI. It's time for Your Valuable Home. Okay, Kev, this is Replay Redo, right? This is like part two. Yeah, part two. Yeah, we're about uh, three quarters of the way done the siding. Mm -hmm. Windows are in. And uh, we're going to talk to Mike about now some of the final results that he's seeing on his house and what it looks like. When he talked before, it was uh, a little bit of a mess, his siding prior to this. And his windows were really, really bad from last show. What, thermal reflection? What was it? It was just old. Yeah, they were old. Mm -hmm. Some of them didn't even shut. So, Mike, I don't know if we talked about the last show. No, they were just old, cheap vinyl windows. Mm -hmm. So we actually replaced it with the Pro-V indoor casement. And uh, now that we have most of the windows in, siding up and the trim around the windows, because some of the neighbors were asking, well, what is it around the window? It doesn't really look good right now. And I said, well, that's just the preliminary of what the trim is going to look like. We need to attach it to. So, Mike, let's talk about some more of the project that is going on at your house. Fantastic results so far. Excited to uh, get it completed in the next week plus. I mean, the Provia windows were the way to go. I mean, Kevin talked to me about a couple of different options with the encasements or the double hungs. But, you know, in the end, to pick the encasements, I think it's making a, a huge difference. Single pane looking out, no grids. Yeah, the uh, the difference with the uh, their, the insulation or the, the, the transmission of uh, keeping the heat outside and keeping it cool inside is a, it's a huge difference. Yeah, so Pro, really Provia, happy. To, Provia hits a, hits a home run with all their products every single time. Yeah. Yeah, we noticed when we were doing the bathroom window, uh, we went there on a weekend, and the sun, it was a 90-degree day here, and we're putting them in, and Dave's sweating. He sweats eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich. But when <laughs> we were doing the window, I was on the inside, and you could just feel it was magnifying. I mean, I felt like I was getting sunburned just being in that window about a minute, less than a minute, because 
it was magnifying the the solar rays that were coming in. And I said, hey, Mike, listen, when we get this window, whenever you go downstairs, feel the difference between the two when the sun coming in with the old window to the new window. And that's the low E, let alone how tight the window is. It's sealed off correctly. We have a lot of applications around it that are really making a big difference. And Mike, do you agree that uh, you're actually seeing a world of a difference from the old windows to the new windows? Oh, yeah. Hundred percent, and the and like you mentioned earlier, the the trim around the windows is the Craftsman. You got to go Craftsman style. The no trim or the the shutters in the front, the Craftsman look way better. Really nice look against the granite gray siding from with the Provia siding. It's it looks fantastic. The white really pops. I'll tell you, my my guess is that as we move in back into the winter months here, that you're going to see a difference in your utility bills every month too with those windows. Well, if a window doesn't shut and it's partly open, yeah, you're, you're going to feel it. <laughs> it's not a hard prediction for me to make. <laughs> no, it does. It makes a bigger difference that he lives and he backs up to one of the main roads. And it's a great property. There's a lot of trees there, but you can still hear them. But when the windows went you in. the traffic going Yeah, by. the traffic going by. It, you, you don't hear that. So, and I said, but listen, and this is for our listeners, when you're, when you're getting a new window, design pressure, when you look at design pressure, don't look at the UR value. Which, believe me, all of them are about the same. But when you get that design pressure, when that unit is sealed and that complete unit is installed, if that's all done correctly, you're going to hear a lot less sound because wind, air, water, sounds are all the same thing. If you can get a lot of air that's blowing through there or a lot of sound, it's not going to help. And with this window, the installation, the way they have the windows, it's a sequential locking system that pulls all the locks together and it just seals so perfectly. And that's why I wanted to go that route, because it's going to get a better seal, higher design sure. pressure. Yeah. Mike, do you hear the cars as, as much as you did prior? No, no. I was telling you guys on the first part, you know, they're doing road work, fixing all the potholes on 202. So we had crews back there from like 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. Or, or so it seemed. And, you know, they were there one night. I had the old windows. The next night I had the new windows. And it was a marked difference. They're actually fixing potholes on, on, on 202? <laughs> Yeah, I got that's that's wondrous in itself. I got to give it to whoever's paving the road because here in Pennsylvania, they don't even know how to pave roads. Every time they pave something, it's it's still going over speed bumps. But whoever's doing it, I I, I personally like it. It's a nice job. It's actually smooth. And, you know, driving a big truck. I mean, it, on two or two. Yeah, on two or two. The road. Are they on. doing the whole road or just? Pass? Yeah, the whole road. Oh, yeah, the whole road was done from. There's something different <laughs> here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> but yeah, it does make a big, big difference. But one of the things, Mike, I wanted to. I, I didn't ask you this yet. Now, you have all your neighbors that have typical basic double four standard siding. You put up a double six insulated panel. That double six, do you see a world of difference between the aesthetics from your neighbors to your house? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the neighbors were, I was just out with the neighbors. They're, they love the siding. They love the windows. Again, the uh, the trim. Uh, the gutters went up today, too. So, and like nice new white gutters. So, I mean, these are all like huge upgrades that are... Uh, that really make it making the house shine. So, yep, it's fantastic. Well, one of your neighbors was asking me when we were in the morning before we put that up on on Sunday when he was walking his dog. He said, "What is that black stuff that's at at the roofing?" Because your guy up there is nailing some black stuff. And I said, "Well, what that is is the correct way to install ice flashing. So it's ice shield." And I had the roofer bring it down about two to three inches below. So it was actually sitting in the gutter. You probably couldn't see it at the time, but. When we stripped everything off, because I needed the gutters up there so it didn't flood his house, we pulled we everything pulled, off. Pulled the gutters and then wrapped it. Right. Uh, then we took okay. that last yeah. little bit and we dropped it down so the ice shield's done correctly. Mm-hmm. You don't need metal. It's completely, perfectly sealed. So it goes from there and up two rows of ice shield, which goes in, inside the envelope of the house. So he's never going to have these problems with ice damming. And that's what I was telling him we were doing because this is the, the proper way to do it. But any roof can have it, but 
since he's doing roofing and siding makes it a lot easier. So that was one of the things that uh, one of your neighbors like caught interest on his eye saying how we do things. It's a little bit different. I told him about the show and a few things that we've done. And uh, so he tells me, he's like, can, can the owner give me a call? I'm like, yeah, I'll take your number. He said, no, no, I, is the owner going to be coming to the job? I'm like, well, yeah, you're talking to the owner. He didn't believe that I was the owner. And that's a little bit strange. When you have a contractor where the owner's physically doing the work, is that a selling point for you? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100. Yeah, I mean, Kev, I was telling you, like, I couldn't believe you were, like, at the uh, the peak of the back, you know. It's, it gets pretty high up there, you know, so. Uh. It was high up there. <laughs> I was telling my wife, I went home one day when I was doing the side run, and she's like, why are you so tired? I'm like, bleeding up about 36 feet in the air. Um, <laughs> it wears on you. you yeah, I, I would. It, it wears on your anxiety, right? Uh, you've got to be very careful. You've got to be very careful. So by doing this, and we have all the safety features in place. but I wouldn't still, want to be doing that at your age. I wouldn't. Well, Mike Mike is going to be, he can officially, if you want to announce it, he, he took a picture of it. Um, <laughs> I, That's right. Ken's last high flying act. <laughs> I it, it, it bothered me for the first time. It actually bothered me. Height finally bothered you me. You're going to start wearing a parachute. <laughs> well, I took a picture because my wife didn't believe me last week how high it was. But yeah, it was, uh, it's official. A couple of my customers, I guess it's uh, out of the bag now. I'm not going to be able to go above uh, a standard pole now, which is 24 feet. That's the max I'm going to go up because it was, it was a little shaky up there. Well, 24 feet. I mean, whether it's 24 or 40, if you fall, nothing good's going to happen. No, right? no, but you, as you get older, your legs feel different. And as I was Tell getting about, about the 30 it. to 35 to 40 feet, I'm like, whoa, this, this is getting a little Tell bit ridiculous. So uh, Mike's is, uh, is the last job of, of that height. I mean, I still do a lot of siding jobs, but it's going to be some of the older homes uh, because I'm still doing the work myself. I mean, everybody subs out. I mean, I would love to talk to a contractor where the still the owner today is actually physically doing the work. Probably not going to find too many. Of them. And that's yeah. why the problems are happening because there is no quality control. I and mean, who knows what the subs knows what he's doing anyway. And that's one of the things I know Mike liked about it and a bunch of your neighbors, uh, when they came up to me, now they found out that I was the owner, that I'd be doing the work, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be doing it. If they have a high-pitched roof, forget it. My knees are getting old. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. So, but uh, we, we we did it and uh, the house just really stands out. It Because really, the whole neighborhood needs an uplift. It's 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 an old development. They all have double force siding and there's just a massive amount of lines because when you have a high wall like that, you got a lot of lines. We didn't have any of the craftsman style up on your last interview, was it a world of difference from when it didn't go up to now? I mean, was that a wow factor? It was like, yeah, it was nice. Which one was it? No, 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 that's a total wow factor. Yeah, that's the thing the neighbors comment on. I mean, the siding, of course, well, the, to be to be frank, all, all three. The encasement window is a completely different look. There's no grids in the side. Uh, the, the side, the Provia siding is, is a lot better look and uh that granite gray color is fantastic and then the white trim around it i mean it really really pops it does so it's looking good yeah it sounds it's looking good. real sounds good. good yeah yeah color combination yeah yeah so we're gonna we're gonna mix a couple of batten boards up front and then do a the mix of the siding just to change it up a little bit because the rest of the house has a lot of the the horizontal siding so we're going to change it up just a little bit different of a look, something a little more modern that everybody's going with. And once we get that on, we'll get some pictures, get up on social media so people yeah, can see absolutely. what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it sounds interesting. It is. It really is. It's a clean look. And it's the first time I did granite siding by Pro-V. We've been doing a lot of the Timberline color. The stuff I have in my house, uh, great seller. But I tell you, it's uh, the granite. I'm 
very pleased with. Sometimes when people think gray, they think of a battleship gray and it turns them off. But when you but see this gray. Like a, uh, a charcoal gray or yeah, blue, blue gray or something like that? No, it's, it's, it's gray, but it's Go. not as dark as you think. It's a very yeah. clean, crisp color. It's not that battleship color. Nobody likes the battleship color. And this just really stands out because it, it goes very nice with the white. Mike, there's an added benefit to this whole thing. Now, when you leave your driveway and drive up 202, you could admire your house without fear of running into a puddle and having an accident, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Multi-benefits, for sure. No, it looks fantastic again. So happy with it. And the, uh, like, like we were saying, the soundproof, the insulation is just added on top of the great look it has. And one of the things added, so when I got there on Sunday to do some work, Dave said to me, he's like, hey, you, you, we're doing a front door now. Because we had talked about it before, but now we're going to be, uh, so I'll bring that book tomorrow. We'll take a look at the Provia front doors, I tell you, because that's another selling point. Just because you have a great oh, siding house, you have a crappy doors. door. I mean, talk about curb appeal. Yeah. Their doors are out of this world. Yeah. So we'll be putting one of them in. So we, we have to get it ordered. It'll take a little bit of time. But when it gets in, you, you're going to love the house. And that's just the last little final touches because you're going to be done for the next 50 years. Mike, good luck with your project. Thanks, guys. Kev. You got caught up in a horror story, right? Recently. Yes, I did. Yeah, huh? I did. I, Boy, I did. how did this happen? What's going on? The world must be turning in the opposite direction or something like that. You get really upset when you get blamed for something that is not your responsibility. Yeah, I love that. I just love it. If I tell you, it felt great when homeowners were all upset with you because another company said you installed certain products wrong. And I said, well, okay, well, why don't we do this? Send me the letter. Tell me what we did wrong. As I'm kind of laughing, going, no. Because our listeners who are homeowners are going to be able to say, no, I, I don't think that's true. And the contractor listeners are going to go, they actually did that? Here's what happened. We were doing a kitchen. We were doing a bathroom. And it was one of our listeners. And we actually went and did their work a while back. And when I got an email from them saying, hey, we have some issues with the flooring. Can you help us? I'm like, well, you might want to call the flooring company. I, I didn't have anything to do with that. I didn't buy the product. I didn't install the product. I didn't do any of that. Well, long story short, I'm sure, um, again, not going into any names, it, it was a disaster dealing with this company with the homeowners. Again, I stayed out of it. I'm the one who corrected a lot of the problems already. But when I got an email stating from this manufacturer and supply house that I installed, ready for this, shoe molding incorrectly. I don't know how it, you do that. <laughs> so I, I didn't even know what to think of it at first. Wait a minute, is this, is this for true? Well, we sent our certified flooring specialist out and they said the shoe molding is wrong and that's why the floor is all screwed up. So Dave, my foreman was behind me. I said, Dave, you, you want to read this email and tell me what you think? He's like, are they, they serious? I mean, this is a flooring company. So I'm going to tell you this, Ron, right now, if you have a company and you've got 10,000 guys and you make a lot of money and you actually write that, you ought to be ashamed of yourself and you ought to file for bankruptcy because that is an absolute disgrace. I was so upset. Yeah, they didn't know what they were doing, right? Well, you're summoning out the guys, and these guys that were showing up, because I was there, had different names on the truck. So if you're a flooring company, wouldn't you say like, hey, Kevin, you know, you're installing siding on a house. Well, yeah, I do. And I'm the one going to be doing the work. It's me. It's my company. Right. And I'm doing it. <laughs> but if you're just summoning out, you don't even know who's going to do the job, and then trying to blame it on somebody else like me. So I turned around and I said, well, listen, you know, I think you're just a little bit off, but let's talk about it. So the one lady I spoke to was really nice. And I said, listen, here's the problem. We had a great conversation. She actually knew who I was. And I said, well, why don't you just go do this? Those spots where it, it's a little bit tight, you just pull the shoe molding off. And I'm sure that your sub that what they did was they jammed up the, the vinyl floor up against the existing, the existing base molding, which I didn't really do. It was still there. And then just take a multi-tool, cut it 
out, just curf it a quarter inch, then put the shoe molding back down, and now allow the floor room to expand. So one of the problems was but that... the vinyl has to expand, right? And right. Contract. So yeah. When you're putting any vinyl flooring down, like a, a luxury vinyl tile, the manufacturers require certain specifications. One of them is going to be allowance for expansion and contraction. So around the base molding, you must have about a quarter inch Which of is light. always stated, right? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's simple. It's easy. If just follow the procedure. So if you do follow it, you're not going to have a problem. So after about a month and a half went by, she started noticing problems. The floors were, they were buckling, like when a hardwood floor gets wet. So when she was calling about it, I'm like, well, that's the floor people. You, you might want to get a hold of them because they sent multiple companies out to do the flooring. So when I got an email from them stating, your contractor installed the molding wrong. Well, of course, you know me, I, I get a little bit heated. I'm like one of the nice guys, but my wife will tell you I'm very spiteful. So I went and responded back to them. Hey, by the way, this is what I did in the industry. This is what I do in the industry. And you might want to redact that statement before you get sued because it wasn't me, but I'll be glad to meet you out there and we can talk about it. So let alone, we all went out there, pulled the shoe molding up and you know what? Guess who was right? Me. All the, the, the moldings that were there were- Did they accept that at that point? How could you not? How, I mean, what did he say to you? Well, basically what they said, they, they looked at me, looked at the homeowner and offered the homeowner money back. They said, well, just give you money back if you're, you're okay with it. Well, they're looking at me. I'm like, I don't want to be involved in this. I don't want, I just don't want to be involved. And with this problem that they had, the issue is it, it, there's a lot more than just cutting this out. I tell people all the time, listen, there are things when a contractor's working, they're not going to foresee. And when it comes to flooring, there are bellies in the floor, there are dips in the floor. And if you're putting a luxury vinyl tile, they can do what it's called a floor patch. And they'll just put a little bit of floor patch down to level Lay it, it down out. so it evens out. Yeah, yeah. right. That's mm -hmm. it. And you know what? It's going to cost more. And homeowners should expect that because no house is perfect. But when a company comes in and says, hey, we don't care. We're just going to slap it down. And the problem is they have one crew. That when I talked to them and I was out there the one time, there's one crew that just goes out and fixes service calls. I'm like, well, what's the sense of doing that? Why wouldn't you want to do it right the first time so you don't have to pay somebody? You know, and that, that do, it might lower the cost because now you don't have to pay another crew to go do this. I'm just throwing it out there because I've been in business for 33 years. And so what would it cost them, just take a stab at it, to correct this, this problem now? They got to send a crew out there again, right? They got to they take a lot of the flooring out to where the problem is and either fix the underlayment, which is chargeable. And I told the homeowner that. I said, if it was fixed from the beginning, you would be paying for it. So have them pull it out and whatever that patch is, I, I agree with it. They should fix it because they said there was a lot of bounce in the floor. But I also went to say, if you're going to be doing that, they can fix a lot of the other problems, which is the heaving, which means the floor didn't have room to expand and contract. Right. And again, it was not my fault. It was not the shoe molding. I want to know the person who went out there. This is the funny part. What well, were they? they, they were, either they, were the, the people probably didn't know what they were doing. They were subcontractors, right? And then the guy who contracted with the subcontractors wanted to absolve himself of any responsibility. So he doesn't have to pay for it. How many times have we always talked about these manufacturers and companies are just trying to put the onus on the homeowners? Blame it on somebody else, but their own problem. Does anybody take blame for something they do wrong Very anymore? Very few people do today. You know, not only, everywhere, everywhere. <sighs> well, it, but when it gets involved in Construction me, business, airlines, what's going on with the airlines? Uh, I mean, everything's, but here's the thing, but I make mistakes too. Believe me, I do. But I you will- fess up to it. I fess up to it. Yeah, right. I, I've done it before. I've made certain mistakes and I said, oh my God, I, I, I ordered something wrong. Well, well, no problem. I said, look, I'm really sorry about that. I'm going to pay for that, whatever it's going to be here or that. I'm just going to, I'm going to do something like that. I'll eat that cost because uh, it's, it's a mistake I made and I get it. 
but don't try to push blame on something else. Like the sun was in my eyes. Uh, the, the guys there, they, 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 they stubbed their toenail and they, they didn't want to do the job right. The whole job was an absolute disaster. And they offered just a little bit of money and they're asking, should we ask for more? I'm like, listen, that's between you and the, your contractor who did the floor. I, I don't want to get involved yeah, in that. It's, it's none of my yeah. business. All I know is when it's my business, when you put a blame on me, and I don't care who you are, when you put a blame on me and you're stating that I did something wrong, which is almost a joke to even write that. By the way, they did redact that and said that it wasn't your contractor's fault. We're not blaming you. I, geez, I wonder why. I wonder why they would say that because, believe me, my attorney was going to be on them for, for something like this. But what you really need to look at is when you're getting a job, even though it's a big company, you think you're going to get a great job out of it, you really need to go in a little bit more detail and know who is doing the work. How many times have you, you and I talked about this? And I saved for my listeners three, three, three things you got to look at. Number one is what are you purchasing? The material you're purchasing. Number two, what's the method of application? How are they installing that? Because there's who's going to do the work? Who is doing? I knew you were getting to that. There you go. When it comes to siding, like we said, see, I don't do flooring anymore because my knees, I'm getting old, 52 years old. I want to be on the floor and doing work like that. You're going to be doing this till you're 80. Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. But uh, the flooring is something I'm, I'm, as long as I'm not on my knees as much anymore. I mean, I don't mind being on for a little bit, but I, I just can't do it anymore. So we've been subbing out to, I don't even sub out. I just, tell the, the flooring company when we're in broadcasting that sponsored a show out of Philadelphia and they do a great job. I've been working with them for years and it just makes it a lot easier for me for them to, because they sell, they install, they warranty, they do everything. So I don't have to do anything. But I know with me being there and on top of what the guys are sending out, it's been the same crew that I've been dealing with for eight years. I know what I'm getting out of this. When you're getting one of these big name companies, who, you know, who knows what they're, I, it, there was four companies that showed up and some, some are saying, well, some are doing it, some are doing this. They're all piecemealed in together because then they were doing tile. Then they're asking me about the tile because, again, I don't do tile and I didn't do the underlayment. They were taking full responsibility. Well, the tile's coming up. And I already know what they did wrong. And I'm gonna wait. that'll be another show because I want them to rip out the flooring and we're going to be taking video because I already told the homeowners what the problem is. And if it's not done correctly from the beginning, this is what's going to happen when well, they never did it correctly. And, and there it, it is. And there in it is. the contract. Yeah. Yeah. But I, until until I actually get the video, because I actually have video of the flooring, of the vinyl flooring that was put in, I want to see this person. So I told him I want to be there when they're ripping that tile up and get to the root of the cause, which I already know what the cause is. But we will see. So this has been nothing Unreal. but a nightmare. So anybody, anybody questions me about that, hey, listen, I, I flooring, roofing, siding, Come on the show. Love to talk to you about it. Well, you know what it is, too. There's a double whammy here because you've taken your time to go figure this out when you should be doing other jobs, right? All because somebody screwed up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like for me uh, spending my time to go out and fix other people's work. I tell you, it's great. And gas is cheap, so I don't think that's a problem. But for this homeowner here, they've been great. I would do anything for them. Another day, another horror story. So listen, stick with us. If you're thinking about doing any remodeling this year, the National Association of Realtors just released the 2022 Remodeling Impact Report. There's some really revealing things in here, and it's different. There are a couple of reports like this out there, but they do it a really cool way. So stick with us. Got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Kevin here, installing another Provia entry door. I do about 50 or more a year. Schleg knobs, hardware, and handle sets make a great complement to any Provia fiberglass or steel entry door. Provia and Schlage, I think, are the best combination of curb appeal, style, and security money can buy in entry doors. And Schlage now has a complete line of Wi-Fi locks, including the new Encode Plus, which can be locked or unlocked with the tap of an Apple Watch. Amazing. Provia and Schlage, there's no better combination for entry doors. 
All right, Ron, now it is time for the featured segment. What do we have? Well, today we're going to be talking about a subject that's near and dear to your heart, and that's remodeling, right? It is near and dear to your heart, yeah, right? I do it every once in a after while. 30, after 30 years, it's got to be, right? We and our listeners will get a briefed on the 2022 Remodeling Impact Report, the project of the National Association of Realtors, or they're also known as Realtors, by a good friend of your valuable home, Jessica Louts, Doctor of Real Estate and VP Demographics and Behavioral Insights for the National Association of Realtors. Jessica, welcome back to your valuable home. Thank you so much for having me back. It's so great talking to you both. It is. It's wonderful to, uh, wonderful to have you back on. You actually engineered this thing, right? I did. I worked on this one directly. I had a lot of fun with it. Other organizations, and we've all seen them, have addressed the subject of cost to value of home remodeling. It's going to cost me this much. What am I going to get back on it? What's my ROI on it? of home improvements? But what is so different and insightful about realtors' approach is that they get into the reasons homeowners remodel in the first place per project and the psychological impact of the end product. So in other words, if you're thinking about doing a kitchen and their scores are good, for all the people they've talked to, you might want to, you know, follow that through. If the scores are low, you might not want to do that project. It, it helps you make up your mind. It helps the person who's in the process of thinking this through make up their mind. And I thought that's what, that was wonderful about this. So they conduct this research in conjunction with the National Association of the Remodeling Industry. That's NARI. We know who mm -hmm. NARI is, right? Jessica, can you explain your respective roles in this? Yeah, absolutely. So we have partnered with NARI now for a few years on this project, actually. I think dating back to 2015, we've been doing this about every other year. What we do is we survey NARI members and we ask them how much does a professional remodeling project cost? That's the important part of the equation there. And then we ask our members, how much will you actually get back on this project if you went to sell your home tomorrow and put it on the market? But then a third component of the survey, and I think this is what makes it pretty interesting, is we actually ask consumers. They've tackled this project in the last year and we say, okay, what was your experience? Why did you do this project? And what's your end satisfaction with this project and we've actually created something called a joy score where we I think look at brilliant. how happy people that's are that's brilliant <laughs> absolutely brilliant the remodeling course you got from Nari, can they be considered indicative of what's happening nationwide? They can be, though they are professional remodelers, so this wouldn't necessarily be your DIY, I'll tackle it over a weekend type of project, though a couple of them are more DIY projects, and so we don't actually have the cost versus value on those, but you might be really happy with some of those DIY projects, like painting a room. Yeah, absolutely. Is it worth it? Not for me. Yeah, not for me either, yeah. <laughs> How many interior and exterior projects, because they were both interior and exterior projects in this study, were addressed? We looked at 19 different popular projects. You've collected your data during the COVID period. So people are probably dissatisfied. They're walking around their houses like zombies waiting for COVID to be over. And they, they decide that, oh, this kitchen's got to be redone. I can't take it anymore. Right. So that was definitely an impact here, wasn't it? It absolutely was. And something that I found was so interesting when we looked at this during COVID is that I think people had a little extra money to spend and we're all stuck at home, right? So we're not spending it on sporting events or going to the movies or anything like that. So tackling home projects went really high on a lot of people's lists. And something that we found from NARI members is that a lot of people said, I actually want to do a bigger scale project because I have the money to right now. Or they turned to a different room in their house and said, well, I just tackled the kitchen. What about the bathroom? And let me take that on. Yeah, I mean, when you when you do, if you've got the money available, if you're doing your kitchen, there's always an adjacent room to the kitchen. So the adjacent room, if you don't touch it, is going to look a little bit shabby in relation to the new kitchen, correct? So it's like... Absolutely. <laughs> Job security for me. It's like pulling a, pulling a thread out <laughs> yeah. of a knit suit, you know? That's what it is. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's good for you. I'm not complaining. Did you find that happening? We did. We found that 60% of NARI members were saying that people turned to a new room and said, you know what, I want to take this one on too. So I think that's really pretty interesting is that consumers were ready to do it and and ready to take on that second project. So you got a lot into the motivations and the fact that you had the consumers in the study, I think also is brilliant. Can you explain what motivated homeowners to take on these projects per type of project? Yeah. And so each project has its own motivational factor, right? Not everything is built the same, but what we do see is most commonly it's to upgrade worn out for uh, surfaces or finishes, materials, or just to add better livability to the home. And I think we all experienced that during COVID where we're like, wait a second, this room isn't working for me anymore. I'm not going to have guests over, but I do need a home office. So just reinventing how we're using the space. And then a lot of people just said it's time for a change. So maybe you're just staring at those same four walls and you're like, absolutely, something has to give here. So that's what people really, why they took on those projects. Well, I think it generally made people dissatisfied with where they lived geographically. Like if they lived in big cities, a lot of migration out of big cities, and we talked with you about that before, and their surroundings too. And if they moved out of a big city to like, we had a lot of people moving to Bucks County in that area, mm-hmm. in, in, that, in that area of time. And uh, Bucks County, obviously in Pennsylvania, they bought places that they're going to have to remodel to some extent or another, right? Absolutely. I mean, recent home buyers are making a lot of compromises because there's not a lot of housing inventory. So they may be compromising on something like the location or the price, but a lot of people are just compromising on the condition of the home and realizing, well, this isn't ideal. I could tackle this over the long term and really customize it, make it my own. Yeah. Do you remember that one commercial a couple of years back when people were buying a house and they said, well, we don't really like this bathroom. We don't like the kitchen. Well, I always go back to when I'm, I'm talking to either new buyers or my customers. And I said, well, listen, I I would never go by that. The market's going to dictate what you should do. And if you're in a hot market like it is now, you really don't need to fix a lot of things up. You're still going to get top dollar Mm -hmm. for you because people moving in are going to rip it out and get what they want anyway. And that's what that I'm seeing now is not one person said, well, they they put new countertops in, but we're going to rip it out anyway. So (laughs) I had to let the homeowners know, maybe you don't want to do that. Just sell it as is because they're going to pay top dollar and you're going to rip it out anyway. Exactly. Right. So save the money. Exactly. You know, one thing that baffles me There are a lot of, and and I know a lot of personal stories like this, and this is sort of an aside, but young buyers, Gen X and Gen Y people, if you talk to big builders, they design for those people today. They design for boomers, and that could be like a CCRC or something, but they also design for different demographic sets. So I don't understand why, I think maybe it was just the shortage of houses, why people in the Gen X and Gen Y category were looking at houses that were built in the 70s, because that's obviously not what they're looking for today. I think they're just looking at what's available. What's We've available. been underbuilding, yeah, for such a long period of time. You just have to go with what you can afford at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and they were a lot of people were going with a lot more than they could afford because everybody was bidding things up. I think that's slowed down a little bit now, but when my significant other's daughter was looking, they're still looking too. In the height of it, well, you were with me on that one, mm-hmm. Kevin. It has to bid $250,000 for a, basically a teardown, right? And then dumped a couple hundred thousand to fix it back up. Yeah, but it sold for five forty one. Go figure that one out. <laughs> How were these projects executed? Was it by contractors, by homeowners or who took part in the project or were some DIY projects? So the majority of the projects that consumers took on, we asked consumers how they took on this project. 35%. So they let the professional contractor do the entire thing, buy the materials, take on the project, everything. 28% actually did say, I hired the labor, but I purchased the materials myself. So maybe kind of a mix there. Mm-hmm. And 
we did see that about a quarter, a little less than a quarter DIY did the entire thing themselves. But then some people said, well, maybe I'm going to DIY, but I'm going to need to hire some expertise in here. So maybe that's a plumber, an electrician. They can't do everything themselves, but they're going to try and do some of it. Maybe it's a pandemic project. Okay. So it was a mix of three different things. Yes. But okay. the majority, they hired a professional. Okay. Good idea. Good idea. Very good you, idea. you said those three things. My head was spinning going, wow, we could have some problems on these. <laughs> Just because when people are talking about buying their own products, if the products are wrong, mm-hmm. the contractor's going to charge more money. If they do it yourself or if they do it wrong, uh, yes, they got an electrician, but if something went wrong for them to refix it, could be another nightmare what's going to cost them more True. money. There, Absolutely. Some, these are the things that go through my mind as you're speaking. I'm going, wow, this this could be a little bit interesting. I like to talk to those 28% of the people that actually bought the material and hired a contractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did their contractor go with them shopping? How is that going to work at the end of the day? Correct. Yeah. If they didn't, if he didn't, mm-hmm. probably didn't. There's so many variables when it comes to what can be done and what is going to work. And if that's mm-hmm. not in conjunction with what the homeowner is thinking, what the home and the contractor can do, uh, there's going to be a little bit of a problem. So it's yeah, always I mean, nice to get the professional I, in. Because everybody's, Jessica, don't you think everybody's price shopping anyway? They have the internet. So you could find the prices out and just see if everybody's in the same price based on the internet. Right. Yes, absolutely. And you do. need to be in such close contact with your contractor, too, because just a few square feet off and then you have to buy completely new materials or find more and hope the color matches. Correct. Yeah. Oops. We have twice the number of cabinets that will fit in the kitchen. <laughs> I've, well, we had that just recently where you have 100 feet, 100 inches of wall and they decide to send out 126 inches of cabinets. Oh, I, I can't personally yeah. shrink them and let that strong to do that, but... Uh, these are some of the things, but it does cost the homeowner more money. I'm sure this happens all, all the time. Uh, that's why the horror stories yeah. are out there. Okay, were any of these considered high-end projects? No, so these are all middle-of-the-road projects, not to say that they aren't expensive. Some of them are, are quite high dollar. But we considered this is not top-end, but this isn't base-level either. Good old all-American projects, right, that a lot yes. of people can afford. Okay, and what size home was used for the basis of cost? All right. So I know we have a contractor on here, so he's probably going to laugh, but we, we, we set the stipulations that we're looking at a home that's about 2,500 square feet and there's no hidden surprises. I understand that all homes have hidden surprises, but we're going with no hidden surprises here. It's hypothetical. Every I, time, when when yeah. we do interviews, when we do interviews where I try to pin down, you know, the cost of something, I always use the 2,500 square foot home example. And Kevin says, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. Here we go again. If you could see my face when I ask those questions, there's a lot more than a podcast than just talking. But yeah, the facial expressions are pretty much. Uh, but I, I get it. I understand you're trying to uh, just to get off a base because at least well, it gives yeah, a homeowner. 2,500 square feet. I don't. I, 10,000 square feet isn't the average no. average American home. No, but 2,500, I can I can understand where they're getting at. And sure. it just relates to people where they can find something that, to make that leap. Because sometimes when you get those numbers, I mean, Jessica, you agree that if they think it's, you have a 2,500 square foot house and you're going to do a $300,000 project, might turn some people off <laughs> so <laughs> would turn me off yeah right so i i get we're just trying to get a basis but it, it helps the contractor out because now they can actually get an understanding of what it would cost sure so can you run down project by project cost recovery for the interior projects first yeah absolutely so i'll go over the top ones because i don't know if you want me to go through all of them here but the the top one that does get the highest cost recovery is a hardwood flooring refinish, and that's 147% of what you put into it. So you really do get your money back plus some. 
Uh, new wood flooring, 118%. So wood flooring, really uh, the highest return on value for interior projects. But then insulation upgrade, you get 100% back there. And then, of course, you get energy savings on top of it. So that's a great yep. one. And then a big dollar value project, basement conversion into a living area. I think we all were considering what square inch of my house can I use? 86%. So that's a pretty high dollar value and a closet renovation, 83%. So those are the highest uh, return on value projects. So you didn't mention kitchens, you didn't didn't mention bathrooms. How far down the list are they? So they're pretty far down the list. Hmm. So we then go to attic conversion to a living area. Again, thinking about the square footage, where how can we maximize it at 75%. Complete kitchen renovation, you do get 75% back. Bathroom renovation, 71%, and then a kitchen upgrade, 67. I do think when we were talking about the customization and how personal these projects Projects are when you talk about kitchen and bathroom, it really is unique to that particular homeowner. What they want in those spaces, how they're going to use those spaces. It is a family or a single person, so I, I think that those really are very custom projects. I did a reno in the um, a co-op on the Upper West Side of New York once, and I was bound to determine they wouldn't let me rent it. Co-op is that's a whole different world. Okay, they wouldn't let me rent it for more than a year, so I didn't want to put like forty thousand dollars into a kitchen, right? So I sold it without a kitchen. There was no kitchen, right? But, but the rest of the place looked dynamite. It was an old building, and it had, the, you know, the herringbone uh, floors? Flooring. yep. Yeah. And I, had, I found uh, two people. They had just finished Madonna's apartment in New York. Found these two guys. Wow. They did an absolutely spectacular job on this place. Painted it, and we sold it. We had 39 people standing in line to buy it the day it went on sale. With so, no kitchen. With no ki- no kitchen, no kitchen. It was just concrete floor and window, you know? I, and Jessica, don't you think more people today that when you're, they're looking to buy a house that they're wanting to put their own footprint on the house? So they don't really care what it looks like as long as the envelope and the bones are That's good? That's the way I felt about it. That's, That's what they're looking at. I totally at. agree. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think those floors probably looked amazing oh my in God, photos yeah. and videos and every way that people are shopping today. And then when you step foot in it, it probably looked even more incredible. So I get it. The floors probably sold the place. <laughs> yeah, the floors sold it. The floors and, and, and the paint job this guy did. And mm-hmm. we also did a video that the realtor did for me, the talented guy, Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe Bonacci, you know Joe Bonacci. Yeah, right? New York Realtor. He did he did this video video for me, and we talked about the person who owned it was who was a uh, famous uh, avant garde theater critic commentator, and the neighborhood, and uh, it was just wonderful. And we had all these people come in the day after it went for sale and sold it to the third person, the second person actually who looked. And at it was the floors. Yeah, Jessica, you got uh, me on that be. one. I it I wouldn't expect be. the floors to be. So high up there. No, I would. And I'll tell you why. Because it just, it makes a house look rich, especially if they're, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, carpet is one thing, but hardwood floors make make the house look rich and make it look very appealing and make it look like you want to make it yours. Am I right or wrong about that? I think you're absolutely right. I also think, you know, this is time during the pandemic and people really wanted cleanliness. And at the end of the day, cleaning hardwood floors is probably a little easier than carpets. And a lot of people adopted pets too. I know it's a little lighter, but people really love their pets and people with pets love hardwood floors over carpet. So hardwood was way up on the scale and kitchens and baths were down on the scale. Yeah, it it is true. And kitchens and baths are expensive to put in too. Yeah, the value of the hardwood floor. Well, I'll give you some good news that on Father's Day, my wife got me a shampooer for the carpets. So I get to clean my carpets with my dogs. 
So I, we, we have a new dog. So now I, you have something to do on the weekend. Well, I've been trying to tell her to talk into the, like a Cortec or a hardwood floor, which is fine, which I love. But <laughs> she's like, oh, by the way, we're going to keep the carpets. Uh, happy Father's Day. Here's your shampooer. Another <laughs> thing that, that stuck out in my mind was that the difference in payback between a renovated kitchen and a kitchen that's just not totally renovated is not that, not that much of a difference. There isn't, but there is a big difference in how much you're going to pay for that. Of course. There, yes. <laughs> we didn't cover all the projects, but these are pretty telling right here. How about the exterior project in terms of cost recovery? Yeah, absolutely. So I think this one's pretty interesting, too, because these are uh, lower in price than a lot of these interior projects, but you are going to recover quite a bit here. So for roofing and a garage door, you get 100% back for those two projects. And we've seen pretty consistently over the years that roofing is very popular, as well as garage doors. So I think it's just that exterior, the curb appeal, all of that, really lovely. And then fiber cement siding, 86%, vinyl siding, 82%. You're probably getting some energy savings on both of those projects as well. And then windows. So wood windows and vinyl windows uh, are in the 60s, as well as front doors also in their 60s. Yeah, I can put our, our sponsor. We're going to get a little plug in here for our sponsor, Provia. Do you know Pro, the Provia brand, Jessica? I don't know. Well, they make one, their doors are out of this world and, and their windows are out of this world yeah. too. And I'm, they make a metal shingle that looks like cedar shakes or slate. And you're done for the rest of your life. And it looks really great. Yeah. It's, it's a really high end company at a, at affordable price. That's why uh, I've been using them for seven years now. I've been dealing with the Provia product, but I like and see where the return on the investment is. We're actually working on siding right now and putting up certain panels it's different. Like we're doing a, it's called Cedar Max and it's a double six where it looks like it's the Provia fiber cement. Cedar Max, right? Yeah, the Provia yep. product. And mm -hmm. I tell you, it looks great and you're, you're maintenance free for the next 50 years. That's what I like about it. And you'll get your return on your investment on that. So it's not so much the sell of that, that money where people always talk about the insulated panel. It's the, the availability of having longer panels and wider panels. And what that does, it gives you that fiber cement look with a a fraction of the cost when it comes down to the vinyl because you don't have to do the paint and the maintenance for the next 50 years. You're done. You're done. Yeah. That's why I've been using that product. I like product. the sound of that. I'm not into paint and maintenance. No, you're not, you're not <laughs> paint anything. You still have to paint the inside of your house. It's still that yellow when I mentioned 15 years ago. It's time to get moving on it. Like, listen. It's vintage now. Well, Jessica, if, if your house is outdated and the paint is outdated, would you recommend for our listeners or Ron to repaint the house, the inside after I would. a while? I'm thinking I about, would. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> no, he's not. It's never going to be paint. He hasn't changed his battery in the in the smoke detector for the last ten years. He's not going to paint Ooh. that room. Okay, you should definitely change that first, then maybe hire a painter. <laughs> okay, now this is where it really gets interesting. This is what sets you apart from everybody out there. Realtors not only looked at the cost recovery of both interior and exterior projects, they also got into the psychological impact of remodeling. Developed a methodology for assigning a joy score, J O Y, joy score, kind of cool. To both the interior and exterior project, I think it's a very insightful way for our listeners to consider which projects would give them the most joy combined with the best payout. If you combine those two, how did you get to the joy score? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of playing around with that. Uh, so we, we ask a question. We say, how happy and satisfied are you? And people say if they're happy and satisfied or not satisfied with their project. Hopefully that's not the case. And we basically combine those and divide by 10. So it, it's on a scale of one to 10, but it really is measuring happiness and satisfaction. Now, is this based on the project of the contractor doing the work correctly or just the overall, this is what I wanted. We don't care about the 
the project itself during the construction aspect of it, just the end result. Yeah, you're looking the at. end product. Yeah, the mm-hmm. end result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the during the process is always a little dirty and it'll always a little stressful, I think. But the end result, we do ask other questions too about just increased enjoyment of being in the home and a sense of accomplishment and just greater desire to be in the home since they completed the project as well. So there's a lot of uh, positive out of it, but the joy score is the overarching one. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That that is brilliant as far as I'm concerned. So which were the real winners among interior and exterior projects in terms of joy score, the combination joy score and cost of value? So for DIY projects, this is where we get into the DIY as well. So painting, uh, just painting the entire home, high, it's 10, perfect 10 on that one. Painting one interior room, adding a home office, a perfect 10. So again, thinking about the pandemic and just how that changed our way of living in a home. But then when we get into the contractor-driven projects and where contractors are really working here, uh, hardwood flooring refinish, that got a perfect 10 and new wood flooring. So that's like the A-plus project to do. You're going to get a lot of bang for your buck on that one, and you're going to be really satisfied with that. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I mean, you find the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. What projects score the lowest in terms of joy score combined with cost value? All right. Well, let's go to the exterior real quick on the joy score. So highest on the on the joy score for the exterior projects, you really should do that paint job because it's painting the exterior siding, that DIY project. Then it's new vinyl and wood windows. People love their new windows, not drafty anymore, and the new door. So maybe you're not going to get the big bang for the buck back, but you're really going to be happy with it at the end of the day. Yeah, you brought a smile um, to Kevin's face. Here. Agreed. <laughs> I'm doing the thumbs up. Coming. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Good work out of you. Yes. <laughs> so the lowest joy score was adding a new bathroom. So maybe it just wasn't up to people's snuff, but it's still 8.2. It's still pretty high. So it's not like you're going to be dissatisfied with adding a new bathroom. It's probably really going to change up the way you're living in your home. But maybe it's not everything. So what is something that scored really, really low? Well, 8.2 was the lowest for the interior projects. For exterior projects, 7.9 for the vinyl and fiber cement siding. But again, I think that the energy savings that you have there and the cost recovered, it's pretty high. So I don't know that you're going to be dissatisfied with that. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to take time for people to realize, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe you have to pay a few energy bills there or just have that curb appeal and people complimenting how beautiful it is. And we missed people during the pandemic. So maybe these people didn't see that. <laughs> Well, you know, probably when you're thinking about when you're inside the house, I always tell people when you're inside your house, if you've got brand new siding, you don't see it. You see your neighbor's siding. Yeah. Your neighbors see That's it. True. Right. Your neighbors see so it. the neighbor's seats, you're helping the neighbors out. But now that people are leaving the house and they're coming back in, when the, the curb appeal, when you drive up to a house that's absolutely decked out with the correct siding. Mm-hmm. And door. And door, front yeah. door, windows, mm-hmm. when it's done and you're done, I think that's going to be the biggest thing because that is the, wow, look at my house. It looks great every time you come up or you have an eyesore with some shrubbery and some old siding with some mold on it you definitely want to think well, about i would throw the it. roof into that pot too because the <laughs> roof the roof the, the roof the windows the siding mm-hmm. right it's like the gestalt the whole thing you look at that you take a snapshot in your mind of this place if you're thinking about buying it and it either looks good or it doesn't you know well the roof sometimes yeah. a necessity you got to have a roof if you're selling a house with a 35 year old roof it's not going to probably sell there even the insurance companies want you upgrading it because they're insurance is not a maintenance situation you do have to replace that right because that's what keeps the water off siding is more cosmetic i get that but uh, roofing is you know today i mean just because you think from 25 30 years ago when it's just a standard weight three tab shingle and you're upgrading to a new architectural shingle i think that's great but now that everybody has architectural shingles when you go to that say like a standing seam or the provia metal roof something like that uh, how would that that, that's a wow 
Yeah, that's a wow. That's a wow factor, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's a permanent decision. Though that's the nice part about that—you never need to do it again. Because people say, "Well, that's a little bit more money than a regular roof." I'm like, "Well, yeah, it is, but you're done." And if it looks that great, think about this: the next fifty years, you're going to be very happy with everything. Is realtors planning on doing this study the same way year after year after year now? Well, we do mix it up every iteration. So we obviously added some pandemic questions in here. And uh, when we take a look at it, we always kind of refresh and see if new projects should be done. So it's a fun project to do. It's a fun report to do, but we do want to keep it fresh. Okay. So when's your next one planned for? Because I'll be knocking on your door again. So the next iteration of this is actually going to be all featuring outdoor features. So maybe it's seating and sodding the lawn or that curb appeal that we've talked a lot about, softscape and landscaping and even pools. So we'll we'll dig into those features in the next iteration. How about outdoor rooms, that kind of thing? Well, that's a great addition. Maybe I'll add that into the survey. I haven't written it yet. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Well, well we, we have, we see more and more of them in Bucks County here. They're all over the place anymore. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm trying and to... some people spend like a fortune on these things, too. It's a luxury item. There's it's no doubt about it. It's a luxury. a luxury item, no question so about it. So I think it. the curb appeal, like the, what you talked about, landscaping and a few other things that are more valued are going to definitely bring the most point scale. But I think those outdoor rooms are more of a luxury item. And related to that, did you mention decks, too? Uh, yes, we covered decks in that report as well. Yeah, decks and patios. The, yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of the outdoor rooms, you're going to see like treks and um, the stuff I use. Timber tech. Timber yeah, they're all out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the the exterior one. This is pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm is... looking forward to this interview. And when will this happen? Do you have a tentative schedule on it? You like the way um, he dates for everything? timeline of, of 2023. So pretty broad there, but that's, that's our goal. <laughs> okay. All right. Terrific. And is the report that we just talked about, is it available to our listeners? And if so, how do they get hold of it? Absolutely. So it's on nar.realtor. It's in the research and statistics section of the website. And it's absolutely available for free for consumers, for contractors, for realtors out there. You can grab it for free. And we encourage and if anybody who's thinking about remodeling or remodeling in the future, get a copy of this report. This is, this is, this is very, very good work. And we congratulate yeah, you for this. Kudos. Yeah. Very nice work. Thank you. <laughs> I was talking to her. All She's right. Awesome. Well, we're going to have you back, back on again if you'll, if you'll come back on. Okay. I would love it. All right. It's always great talking to you both. Hey, Kev, great news on how our listeners can tap into their home equity without taking a loan, making monthly payments, or piling on debt. With Unison, they get up to 17.5% of their home's value to remodel, pay off debt, buy a vacation home, whatever. You have Unison, right? Yep, paid off medical debt. Unison's terms were perfect for me, especially zero monthly payments for up to 30 years. Zero monthly payments? How do they make money? When you sell your home, you pay them the original co-investment amount plus a percentage of the change in your home's value up to 30 years later. How do we learn more? Go to unison.com backslash YVH, which stands for Your Valuable Home. Again, that's unison.com backslash YVH. Additional terms and conditions apply. Visit unison.com backslash YVH for details. Remember the name Provia, your single source for professional class, entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone and metal roofing, products made with latest technology and honest old-world craftsmanship. The Provia way. That's this week's podcast. Your Valuable Home comes to you every week on the new Pod City Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, and all other popular podcast directories. If you want us to share your home improvement project or horror story, email me at kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. That's kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. And don't forget to tell your friends and family about Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast that's all about building wealth in residential real estate and hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. 